You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about systems. Um, This is something that I'm going through right now with my coaching staff, and I know a lot of other coaches are trying to figure out what's the right system, um, what is a system, how do you use it, what's the, you know, again, what's the right system for you, and what are the questions that you need to be asking yourself? Well, on today's episode, we're going to dive in and talk about systems. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 115, 115 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball, the summer, oh, the summer is coming to an end, well, slowly coming to an end. Man, I feel like the summer has flown by. Oh, it's unreal. You know, I'm getting back and ready to start my season back up again. Oh, it's uh it's it's a fun time, but it's also a little bit sad that the summer is, you know, slowly coming to an end. Uh, if you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh and I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, you know much I appreciate you guys tuning in. And I haven't said this in a while, but if you could do me a favor and leave a, a review, a rating on the pod, you know, somewhere where I can see how it's doing and give me some feedback. Um, you know, I love when I get a chance to read reviews. Um, sometimes I read them out on the pod too. It's just nice to get that feedback from you. So I really appreciate it. I mean, you could pause right now, go, you know, give you a quick review, uh, whatever star rating, and then come back. And uh, that'd mean a lot. So I'd really appreciate it if uh, any feedback is always greatly, greatly appreciate it. I said that like three times. But yeah, you know, we got um, we got our season coming around the corner in September. Uh, we have, you know, every every uh, university college has to have open tryouts, so we'll be having our open tryouts. But we got our our core ready to go. Our guys have been working in the off season trying to get better and, you know, just get just add things to their toolbox you know take their game to another level so i'm really excited about this season and seeing what we can do and we're gonna be having a full season this year you know back from a little bit of covid uh covid kind of derailed a lot of well derailed the world in terms of volleyball that's for sure um so we're gonna i'm I'm excited to get back to a full season ready to go yeah so today today we're going to talk about systems now today I'm, i'm not gonna be describing different types of systems per se, because this is this is a conversation where I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions. Now you, you may say that, that that's what's weird. What do you mean? Why are you going to be asking me questions? I'm, I thought I came in here to get some value, which you are, because these questions I'm going to ask you are to help you formulate the best system for your team. Now, there are generic systems that are out there, and we'll talk a little bit about them, but the really, really good volleyball teams don't have a generic system. They have a specific system that works for them. So before we get into this whole idea of system, maybe we should define what it is. What am I talking about? Oh, by the way, before I do that, sorry. Um, 
you probably heard it in the in the preamble beginning at, before the show started. But if you're listening to this episode before August 28th, 29th, 30th, I'm hosting a free workshop. Yeah, a completely free workshop, which we're going to kind of dive a little more into this stuff that we're talking about today. Um, but it's a workshop on offense, strictly on offense. How do you structure your offense? How do you, you know, what, what are different types of offenses you can run? How do you think about offense? How do you create the best offense for your team? You know, these are going to be things we're going to answer. And like I said, whether you're a beginner coach, college coach, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's completely free. I'm doing three sessions. Uh, August 28th, 29th, 30th, same presentation, just three different days. So pick a day that works for you and it's uh, volleyballworkshop.com. So get on that. I know you probably heard it already, but I want to make sure I just remind you, get on that so that you can, uh, yeah, come. It's a great, and the recordings will be available um, just for a few days. So if you can't make it or, you know, just uh, there'll be recordings, but I, I still encourage you to show up live because I get a chance to answer questions and, you know, do things like that. All right. Systems. Let's talk about what it is. So a system the way, I, the way I like to describe system is it's the way you organize and execute your offense and your defense. That's the way that I look at systems. How are you organizing your players on the court so that you can maximize your ability to execute both offense and defense? And how you execute that offense and how you execute that defense is going to be your system. You know, like I'll give you an example. In basketball, there are many type of defensive systems. You can run a full court press, meaning all of the five players are guarding all of the five offensive players, no matter where they where they are on the court. They're there right next to them. You could run a zone defense. A zone defense means that all the five players are on one side of the court uh, in their zone, like to protect their basket, and they stay in an, in an area. They don't move out of that area. So. Just like basketball, volleyball has you know similar ideals when it comes to how do we run our system? Where are our players relative to their side of the court? Because you know we're not crossing over. And the way you organize it, the way you execute it, that is what systems is. And the reason, and it actually was interesting. I had um, I had a professional, uh, a pro player in my gym. This guy named Joey Jarvis. He's uh, he's going to play pro in Greece this year, I believe. And we were talking about matches, and and he and he specifically said that, you know, you know a good volleyball team when you see the systems that they're playing with. And I'm like, and I asked him like, what do you mean by that? And we talked about other volleyball matches he's seen. And he's like, you know why that team lost is because they were so predictable. They kept going to the same guy, and when it wasn't working, they still kept going to him, and they, they relied on talent. This is this was his words actually. They relied on on the talent of the players, and eventually, talent can only go so far. Which, yes, you definitely want to rely on your talent, but how? What, what do you do with that talent? That is the difference in the wins and losses. And he talked about the fact that he's seen teams that don't have, you know, the top two, top three players in the league, but they win because of how their systems work. And it got me interested because, you know, I, I really wholeheartedly believe now, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound arrogant when I say this, but I do believe I'm a systems coach. Um, we, I don't just play a generic system or, you know, I, I have a, I sit down, I think about it, I formulate a plan that's going to work and I execute that plan and I'm, I'm very system orientated. I, I rely heavily on the fundamentals of our game and I train, I develop 
and we have systems. So I, it was interesting to have that conversation with him. And that's what I wanted to bring it to the pod because I wanted to talk about systems and how you can start thinking about your systems. Okay. So what type of offensive, what type of defensive system will you run? And just to recap, a system is the way you're organizing your players, the way that they're going to run and execute your offense, and the way they're going to execute your defense. That is a system. How you set that up is, uh, is entirely up to you. So let's talk about a, l- a little offense here. Now, we're going to dive more into offense in the workshop, of course, but I want you to think about, okay, what kind of offense, how are we, how are we going to structure your offense? And it starts off with, are we, are we going to run a high ball offense or are you going to run a tempo offense? A high ball offense is where a ball is set really nice and high, where the hitters have all the time in the world to come in and swing. And a tempo is more is a more faster type of offense, meaning the ball is has a little more pace on it. It's probably passing through the antenna. What type of lanes are your middles going to be going on? Are they going to be you know, running? Uh, and I, let me, uh, before I talk about lanes, there are many ways of, organizing a volleyball net into zones okay so you have a volleyball net a volleyball net if you don't know is nine meters long and the international way of describing zones on a volleyball net is by meters so every meter is a zone on the net so you have nine zones but there are many programs i know that nine zones is too much and they may narrow it, narrow it down to four zones or five zones, you know, you got a left side zone, a couple middle zones, and a couple right side zones, you know, things like that. And that's okay too. So the first thing that you should do when it comes to offense is identifying what type of zones, what type of language are you going to use? And there's no right or wrong answer to this as long as your team knows what they mean, right? And that that's key. So what kind of zones are your middles able to run? Can they run into the five zone? Can they run into the six zone, the seven zone, if we're using a, zi- a nine zone uh, like terminology? And what kind of attacks can they run? Can they run a quick attack, also known as a 51? Can they run a bat quick, a one ball, as you guys call that? Or a one ball is your 51, a bat quick, a back one, is I think you guys call it in the US. Can they run the shoot, the 31, shooting the gap, the area between the pin blocker and the middle blocker, you know, like what what type of balls can our middles hit? What type of uh, lanes can they run? Are you going to be having backcourt balls? All right, backcourt attacking is another factor in terms of how you structure your offense. So the the whole thing about you know what your what your team can do, I think that that's the message here for this particular point. What what is your players able to do? And I learned this the hard way. I remember when I first started coaching a long time ago, uh, I had a, I, when, I, when I first started coaching a 17U boys team, this was years ago. Um, I, when I first started coaching, I took on this 17U boys team that was coached by a parent for a long time and they needed a lot of work. And here I was coming in, you know, big hotshot young coach thinking that he knows everything. And I wanted to run a tempo offense. I'm like, I'm gonna run a tempo offense because I know at the highest level, they run a tempo offense. So I want to run a tempo offense. And unfortunately, the players that I had at that time didn't have the ability to run a tempo offense. 
it, it wasn't working. They didn't have the skill level to run a tempo offense. In order to do that, one, you have to have a setter that can set consistently at that speed. And two, you have to have players that can approach and hit a ball passing through the antenna at a fast pace. If you don't have hitters that can do that, that's, that you can't run a tempo offense. In addition to the fact that you need to be in system to run a tempo offense. And because my players at that time lacked a lot of fundamentals, we weren't in system very often. So my system was flawed before I even started it because of the ability of my team. We should have been running a high ball offense, running a high ball offense. Because as I learned later in my career, once the ball is set off the net, my hitter has the advantage. The blocker doesn't have the advantage. The hitters have the advantage because they choose what happens to the ball. So I learned that a little bit later. And Fortunately enough, now that's what I do. If my team is not technically sound, if they don't have the fundamentals to be consistent, we run a high ball offense. It's that simple. Then you ask yourself too, well, what are your player strengths? And we can go back to the middle. Does my middle have the ability to transition to the middle, run a quick attack, run a slide, run a shoot, run all these different types of you know routes? Do they have the ability to do that? If not, why would I be doing all these crazy things if my player can't do that? You know, left sides. What do your players, pin hitters, left side, right sides, do they have the ability to hit a fastball? Do they have the ability to hit a high ball? Do they have the ability to hit inside balls? Maybe you want to run like a little tempo inside. Like, what can they do? What type of set do they like? This is what you sit down and think about when you're planning your system. So that when you go, you have a really good idea of your player's strengths you have a really good idea of what your setter can do. You have a really good, a good idea of their, their, their IQ, their ability to know zones and understand how to approach zones and things like that. And you're good to go. So that is how you start thinking about your offense. Notice, I haven't talked about specific systems when it comes to offense because you can do that. And an offensive system is very simple. You have, in our game, four attackers. You have a left side, a middle, a right side, and a backcourt attacker. Then you have your libero and your setter who are not attackers. So do you want all four hitters attacking? Well, how does that look? If a ball is in system, where are they going? Are they going, you know, inside, the lo- inside outside? How are they approaching the net? That is going to be up to you. A basic system is your left side hits a left side ball, a right side hits a right side ball, a middle goes in for a quick attack, and your pipe hitter runs their pipe lane. Pipe hitter is the backcourt attacker out of six. Basic system. Does that work for you? If it works, great. Are you going to try something else? Maybe you don't have a pipe hitter. Maybe you don't have anybody on your team that can run a pipe ball. Well, if that's the case, then we may want to change where our libero is playing defense out of, which we're going to get into in the defensive part. Like Maybe if we don't have a pipe hitter, then our libero might go to six. Because majority of the balls in our league are attacked and go to six. Again, this is something you have to think about when it comes to planning your system. If majority of your balls end up going to five, then yeah, keep your libero in five and have another defender in six, no problem. But <clears throat> this is going to be entirely up to you. How And you got to look at your league and the t- or the team you're playing against that night and, det- and determine you know what that system is going to look like. Okay? So there's offense. That's how you think about your offensive systems. The next part of offense, which I'm not going to get into in this pod because it, it, can, it could kind of derail the conversation, is 
after you figured out what kind of system you're running, what are what kind of offensive plays can you run? You know, like, uh, and you could look these up, tandems, X's. These are different routes that players can run, and the ball can get set to different players. Okay, that's a little, you're talking a little more creativity here. Does your team have the ability to do this? If they do, great. When do you do it? You may say, as a coach, uh, never do it on serve-receive. Only do it on, the, on a free ball. And again, that's up to you. When do you run your offensive plays? Maybe you only do it out of a timeout. <clears throat> but it's, imp- it's important to, again, assess your team. Do they have the ability to run any type of offensive plays? If they do, great. Make sure you practice it. For you to you know for you to be able to execute them in game, okay. So now that you have a little offense, you have you know, you have an understanding of how you're going to structure it, your player strengths. You have to practice this offense. The first thing is going to be players understanding their responsibility, understanding what hitting lanes they're running, so the lane that they're supposed to be approaching on when they're supposed to be approaching, how they're supposed to be approaching. You had to teach them that. They got to know, all right? When it's in system, meaning the ball is passed, great ball to the setter who doesn't have to move much. They're already in position. All of our hitters are going, going, all of our hitters are attacking. Okay, that is what your system looks like. Then you got to ask yourself, do my, if my players know where they're supposed to be in system, do they know where they're supposed to be out of system? Out of system is when a ball is passed off the net, where the setter has to move a little more. Do your players know where to go so that the setter can set them up? Does your setter have a, have a good idea of where they, sh- where they should be setting the ball when it's off the net? Here is an example of what I would look at and say, wow, this is a great system. If the setter comes off the net, and our middle still is approaching. Maybe they break and approach in the three zone, you know, that area between the middle and pin blocker. And they're able to do that, and the setter can still hit that player. That's a great system. That middle player was able to adapt, go to the net, and still be a hitting option. And that's fantastic because in our game, we want all of our hitting options open to us regardless of where the set goes. I mean, you know, unless it's ridiculous far and stuff like that. So... When I look at a team that does that, I'm like, wow, they have a fantastic offensive system because their players understand where they need to approach from depending on where the setter goes and where the ball is passed. If the ball is passed into the front court, into area four, okay, area four now, where does the left side go? Where is the middle going? Where is the pipe hitter approaching from? You know, is the middle going to be going behind the setter? You know, maybe they were originally going to run a quick attack, but now the ball is getting pushed over to the left side of the court. They got to go behind the setter. Are they communicating that with the setter saying, hey, I'm behind you. I'm behind you. Pipe is also behind. What about if the ball is set again to area three, maybe between area three or four around area three? Well, is your left side still running a fast tempo? Is it going to be a little bit of a faster tempo because the distance is closer now that the setter is coming out of three instead of two or two and a half? See, these are the things that your players have to understand what they're doing. You have to understand what you're doing in terms of your, in terms of your system. So I just gave you a lot of different scenarios. I gave you an in-system ball where everyone is you know, pretty, pretty simple. I gave you a ball that's off the net. Is your players 
still being able to be a hitting option, if a ball gets pushed over to the left side of the court for whatever reason, is your left side ball speeding up now because it's coming closer? Or does the left side wait until the setter gets there and then sets a high ball because, again, it's not two and a half, it's not an, it considered an in-system ball, and they wait? Or do they still approach fast and the setter's just going to set a faster tempo since the distance is closer? These are questions you have to know the answers to and your players have to know the answers to. And this is where the systems come in. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm probably boring you with the same thing over and over again, but it's really important to break this down and, and teach it and have your players understand it. All right, let's move on to backcourt, okay? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I think uh, I wanted to add one more thing onto the offense stuff is find out what your players like to hit. What is their best shot? You want to make sure your system revolves around their best shot. Now, coaches always say, but I want to develop their skill set. I want to develop other shots for them. Yeah, absolutely develop it. Practice it. Even do it in games. But when the game is on the line, when you're in a playoff match, when something is of importance, where the W is important, you want your players to be hitting their best shots. You want your setter to be setting their best sets. You want your team to be executing at their best, whatever that looks like. So if you know your middle is much better at running a 31, you know, or versus the 51, uh, they're better at that, you know, the inside shoot into that three zone versus the quick attack, then maybe that's what that middle is going to be running that game because they're just that much better at it. So things like that. Yes, you might say, well, the defense is going to read it. Well, the defense also has to stop you. If they can't stop you, then then continue doing it. So things like that, all right? Know what your players are good at, where they like to, you know also not only the type of set they like, but also where do they like to hit on the court? Maybe they like to hit from certain areas, which I just mentioned from the middle, but even pin hitters, okay? What type of shots do they like? Practice those shots so they become better at it, Okay. Systems. These are all system stuff. All right, let's move to defense. I've been talking a long time about offense, but offense is important, and it's important you practice this. Okay, coaches, you got to practice. I'm such a defensive-minded coach that I spend so much time on defense in practice. Sometimes I completely forget about offense, which is the worst thing you can do. You need to spend a ton of time on offense because that setter-hitter relationship is only going to get better and strengthen, and it's also going to minimize errors in games and minimize the, oh, my bad, oh, bad ball. Sorry about the bad set. Sorry I hit the ball out again. They need to build that relationship. They need to get consistent hitting reps. It's just, it is what it is. They just got to get more. And it could be as boring as hitting lines, which I know is boring, but honestly, whatever it takes to get that, you know, that's that system in order, that relationship in order. Okay, let's talk about defensive systems. So when you talk about defensive systems, again, look at your player's strengths, figure out, what they're good, what they're not good at. Also got to know your league. This is a big one for defensive systems. Know your league because know the, the league and the teams you're going to play against because that is how you, you may structure your defensive system. And I'll give you an example in a sec. So with our defensive systems, there are two parts. We have front court and we have back court. And you have to figure out how you're going to organize your front court blockers and your back court defending players. So the first thing I mentioned earlier was, well, what's your league looking like? You know, what kind of skill level are you playing against? So at the younger age group, for example, 
You may be playing against teams where attackers don't have the ability to hit line. They don't have the ability to hit line. So in that case, if they can't hit line, then are we going to block line? Probably not. We don't need to block line because there's no shots that are getting swung down there. So our pin blocker will probably be taking cross, which means when our middle blocker closes, they're going to be taking a lot of cross away. Now, as a pin blocker, my life became a lot easier because I don't have to worry about the line shot. I'm just taking cross court. So wherever that player goes, I'm just taking the cross court shot. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they swing line in this case because they can't do it. That is a systematic approach to blocking. That's a system, a specific purpose for defending, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, another different type of defensive systems on the front court line is where are your blockers setting up? Are they setting up close together? Are they setting up away from each other? How are you uh, setting them up before the setter makes the, before the setter makes a set? You know, how are you setting them up? How is what, what's your middle's responsibility? Is your middle going to be staying neutral at the net? Is your middle going to be following the other team's middle if they're running different routes? Is the middle going to be you know going with them no matter where they go? So that when the setter sets it, they're already with the middle. Are they going to commit to the middle? You know, all of these things you got to ask yourself. I right, where the where is it, where are your pin blocker setting up? Okay, you may have heard me talked about fronting the setter. Well, when the setter is front court, we may want to have our our blocker that's out of the left side to be in right in front of the setter. So wherever the setter goes, they go in case the setter decides to dump. So again, questions you got to ask yourself, and this is going to be based on the team you play. And this is the tough part is that, yes, you can have a generic defensive systems in terms of, you know, we're always going to block this way. But if you want to be really good, you have to have a system for the team you're playing against. So maybe, you know, you're playing against a team who can't hit line, then your pin blockers are going to be, you know, taking cross. But then you play against a team who can hit line, you got to make sure that you can adjust and say, okay, now we're making sure that we can take away line and funnel our that offensive player to swing cross where our defenders are if our middle blocker is late. So you got to practice both. Again, this takes practice, but it's also important to understand that a system, a defensive system can and will change depending on the offensive team you're playing against. So there we go. The other thing I want to talk about in terms of front court is footwork a little bit. Like footwork and movement, are you teaching the shuffle? Are you doing crossover steps, swing blocking? You know, these are systems, a systematic blocking. How are you teaching it to your players? What are they doing? And kind of go from there. All right. Backcourt defense. Where are your three players setting up? Again, there are generic ways of doing this. You know, I teach um, outside foot on the line, inside foot facing the setter you know so we're kind of open to the the attack if it's on the if it's a, an attack that's coming straight down on the line guess what you're already in position if it's going to be a t an attack where the ball is cross court you move it you move into the court you're there so little things like that and everyone's different you used that's just me you can start there's no right or wrong way to start your backcourt defense but what type of backcourt system are you running you're running a perimeter defense where the player in position six is further back and the player in position five and one are more up? Are you running a six up defense where the player in position six is all the way up to the attack line? The player in position five and one are all the way back? Are you playing a rotational defense where the player in position six is you know, all the way over to one, player in position five is all the way over to six, and then the left side front court, who's in position four, drops back? 
You know, like, what are the type of things and why are you doing this? And this is going to be predominantly depending on your league and the teams you're playing against. Again, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, I'll give you an example. Rotational defense, The when anytime we run rotational defense is when, one, we don't want the center touching the first ball at all, and two, if the left side for the other team likes to tip and swing down line a lot. If they like to swing uh, or roll down the line or tip a lot, well, guess what? We're covering that shot heavy by playing rotational defense. My six is rotating all the way to one. The player in position one is going to be covering tips. They're going to be pretty much on the attack line. And then the player in position five, which is the libero, is going to move over to six. And then four is going to drop back a little bit to five, splitting five and four. And that's a defensive system that we're using to counter the team, the, the left side's ability to you know tip all the time and roll into one. Rolling into one is a great shot that good offensive players may want to utilize because it's a high converting shot. Unless we set up a defense to be there and make sure it doesn't work. All right, so these are the type of questions you want to ask yourself when it comes to running your defensive system. Where do majority of the balls get hit to? Also, are we running a backcourt attack? Because if, it, like I mentioned earlier, if you have a pipe ball, then you know the player in position six is not going to be your libero. More than you know, nine out of ten times, there are a couple teams who actually still do it, which is ironic. Which is really, they do it really well. But you know, something to think about. All right, the last thing I want to talk about are adjustments, and this is the this is where coaches make their money. This is where you know you can tell a good coach or rather an experienced coach versus not so much an experienced coach. And adjustments means how are you adjusting in game? How are you changing your system or modifying or, or take or, or maybe your, your players already know how the system transitions and changes during the course of a match. But that's the big one. How are you making adjustments as the match goes along? So I'll give you an example. And this is why you know good defensive systems. If you know a player, the middle, likes to swing to one, you know that. Well, guess what? Your middle blocker is going to communicate with your backcourt players that they're going to take away one. And the reason it's important for your middle to communicate that with your backcourt player is so that they don't cover the same area. So if your middle is going to take away area one, so that when they jump, they're jumping and they're blocking to take away one, then your defensive player in six is going to make sure they move over closer to five so they can play the shot around that block. So in the, in the event that they don't swing to one and they swing to five, then you have your libero in five and you got your uh, player in position six who is deep five. And there you go. You're set up. You're good to go. So if there was no communication, if the middle was taking away one and didn't communicate that with the, the player in six, and the player in six came over, now we're having two people cover the same area. We have a block and a digger in the same hitting lane zone. It's not as counterproductive. It doesn't really help anybody. So really important to understand responsibility, communicating that responsibility, and making those adjustments. You got to make those adjustments. So, you know, maybe um, you notice that a team is, the middle is running a lot of 30s, and you notice it. Well, if they're running a lot of 30s and we don't want our middle to stay neutral in the middle anymore, we may we may want our middle to follow that middle along the net. Wherever that middle goes, they go until the set's made. Then our middle goes and transitions accordingly. That is a system play. Okay, so little things like these adjustments can make or break a game, to be quite honest. 
if you notice the middle is killing us, the opposite middle is killing us. Maybe we have we change it to like a bunch blocking system so that our pin blockers are more in the court, <clears throat> excuse me, are more closer to the middle blocker and they can help block and still be able to get outside if the in the event that the setter goes outside. System. See that? that that's the kind of conversation you got to have with your, your your coaching staff yourself and and look for these things in games. Really important. Also, a good system, when you see teams do this, they are able to make a play out of any ball or play the long game out of any ball. So I'll give you an example. If a ball is out of system and the ball is, we, we have the ball, we passed the ball, it was a really bad ball, it's an out of system ball, and the ball's popped up and we, we can't do much with it. We can't really do much with it. Let's say it's tight and we're a little late. Well, we can recycle. Recycle means hit it off the blocker's hands, not too hard, but soft enough where they're not going to block it, but the ball is going to come back on our side of the court. That's a system. Because now, <clears throat> when the ball comes back on our side of the court, we can pass it back to the setter. The setter can then set all four hitting options, and we score. See, as opposed to just having a tight ball and you're just kind of banging at it, hoping it goes somewhere, we are, strate- we are strategic in bringing the ball back over popping it back up to the setter, which is going to be in system, and then we execute an offense. That is a system. That is your player's ability to recognize that we can't score on this ball. We're going to bring it back, and we're going to try a second time to run our offense in which we'll be more prepared, comfortable, we can do it. That is a system play. Okay, Maybe when you have to free ball the ball over, you take the setter out. You free ball the ball to one, hopefully take the setter out, put them out of system, so you get the ball back, and you can execute your offense on an in-system ball. So these are the type of things is when your players know exactly what to do given a, any situation that happens on the court. You know, if, a, if like, like, like for example, I just gave you there, we recycled, then we free ball to take the setter out. Maybe we do something to make, to get the ball back on our side of the court so we can execute an offense. That is how you know you got good system volleyball. All right? Do your players, this is also part of system, do your players have the ability to, you know, make plays on free balls, make plays on out-of-system balls, on in-system balls? Do your players have the ability to tip, roll, dump when they when they need to? You know, that's a system right there. Understanding how to structure and how to uh, address a consistent offense, a creative offense, the ability to score. So, you know, these are types of things you got to think about when it comes to adjustments, when it comes to modifying in-game. Do you have the ability to, out of a timeout, draw up a play and have your players go out there and execute that play? That is a system. All right, so I could continue going on and on and on about different types of systems and things you got to think about as they come, but today I wanted to give you a really good understanding of how you can start creating your system because there's a lot that goes into it, and it's not generic. That's probably the, one of the bigger things I want you to take away from this episode. It is not generic. Everybody's system is different. Yes, there are you have foundational pieces from a system, but the foundation is great. But you you that you can't take that foundation for an entire season. Things got to change. Things got to adapt. You got to make adjustments. You got to your player's strengths might change. They, you know, you might have a you know, oh, a lot of things can change, but. Yeah. Oh, the one other thing I want to leave you with, sorry, by the way, uh, is systems, okay, 
when you think of systems, systems also means being able to execute the fundamentals. I think that kind of goes without saying, but I still want to make it clear. You got to be able to execute the fundamentals. That's part of that's part of running a really good system. So please work on the skills. The skills, the ball control, your player's ability to control the ball, their passing, their serving, their overhand ball control over the head. How well can they manipulate the ball with their hands? You know, all of these things contribute to good systems. So make sure you're drilling and you're focusing on addressing fundamentals in your gym. Don't care if you're a college pro, youth, doesn't matter. You got to focus on the fundamentals. All right. So let's do a little quick, uh, quick recap here. We talked about a lot, actually. So we talked about what a system means, you know, so that's the, that's simply the way that you organize your players, the way that you execute your offense and defense and how you do that. You know, we, we talked about that, you know, different types of offensive and defensive systems. So how, how do you structure your offense? High ball, tempo, okay, running. How does the middle run? The middle is running meter balls. Are they running, running balls that are high in the middle of the court? Are they running faster balls like a quick attack, a back quick, 31, you know, those inside shoots? Do you have backcourt attacking? You know, these are the things you got to ask yourself when it comes to your offense. Um, we talked about zones. I gave you a little rundown. You know, there's nine zones in, in the international way of describing zones on a volleyball net. But you could create less zones if you want. You could have five, you know, a left side zone, a middle zone. Maybe the middle has two zones. Maybe the left side has two zones. You know, you could figure out what, whatever works for you. All right. Really make sure you look at your player's strengths because your system is going to be revolved around your player's strengths, not their weaknesses, but their strengths. So if your team does not have the ability to hit a tempo ball, do not run a tempo offense or, you know, it's going to be, you're going to fail miserably. If your players don't have the ability to pass consistently, you probably don't want to run a tempo offense. So things like that. All right. Do your middles have the ability to run different routes? Because if they, if they can't run a route consistently, you may not want to add that into your system. All right. Think about that way. Um, in system, out of system. Recognizing players having the ability to recognize an in-system ball versus an out-of-system ball, as well as where they need to be on an in-system ball and out-of-system ball so that your offense runs smoothly. Your system runs smoothly, okay? What type of sets do your players like? Yeah, important to know what, what they like because what, whatever they like is good, probably going to convert higher than what they don't like. Where do they like to hit on the court? Yeah. You know, I found one time my, one of my players really, really liked that inside ball and they were just so much better at it than a regular outside ball. And that's what we ran. That was part of our system because we understood what our players liked and what they were better at. All right. What shot they liked, things like that. Okay. Um, make sure that and then we switched to defensive systems. We talked about the, you know, the idea of the front court, the back court, giving up line, taking it away. These are the type of conversations you got to ask based on the team you're playing. Understanding that, you know, with, with front court blockers, you could have, you know, you could be shuffle stepping, you could start closer in, you could start further away. That's going to be dependent on what you believe as a coach. Do you want your players to start maybe bunched together or do you want them spread out a little more, right? Those are things you got to think about. You know, different types of footwork when it comes to moving along the net and, uh, and areas to take away. Backcourt defense, how are you setting up your backcourt players? We talked a little about, you know, perimeter, rotational, and why you're doing the things you're doing when it comes to setting up the three backcourt players. Uh, making sure your players know where to go based on your system. If a ball is set inside, 
and the attackers coming inside, where are your players going back court? Are they going relative to where the block is? If there's a seam in the block, are they stepping up? All of these things is part of your system, your defensive system, your defensive identity, and they got to be able to really be really good at it, okay? Adjustments. This is where coaches make their money. How are your adjustments, okay? Now, this is going to, again, depend on the team you're playing, depending on what your team is doing. Uh, we talked about the simple adjustment of the middle taking away one and how that changes their backcourt look and how we have to communicate that, and that's an adjustment that's made. Um, we talked about sometimes you may have to make a decision to that so that you can get the ball back, you know, like recycling the ball. Recycling is basically pushing the ball off the blocker's hand so it comes back on your side of the court to give you a better chance of running a better offense. Okay, so things like that. Understanding, and again, when it comes to adjustments, a lot of it is decision-making. Simple decision-making. You notice a setter is doing this, well, what are we going to do to counter that? And you have to, you know, again, you have to train your players to recognize situations, to look for certain things. Look at when the setter's front court is, my. are we going to make sure that we're following the setter as a front court blocker because they could dump, you know? Oh, the setter does this. They set this person in this rotation all the time. Well, knowing that is part of your system, okay? And then on free balls, understanding where are you going to be setting up? Where are you setting up on out-of-system balls when the other team has it? About in What about in-system balls? What about when they're tipping, when they're rolling, when they're dumping? Where do you need to be? And again, mine might be different than yours depending on the league. So understanding your players have to understand where they got to be based on the type of offense that their other team's going to run. Okay? Systems. <clears throat> be very, very, very disciplined when it comes to your systems. Can't stress enough. All right. So we thought, I mean, we, we spoke a lot on systems and you know, there's so, there's so much more to talk about, but I think that this was, this was a good episode for you guys to go back to your gym and start, or rather go back and start thinking about how you're going to run your systems. Sit down, think about it, go out there, execute, play with it, experiment, experiment, please experiment, have fun. Okay. I said systems are all about experimenting because you never know what's going to work and then go from there. All right. If you have, oh, uh, before I let you guys go, do me a favor. Make sure you, you review. Go to, hey, go to volleyballworkshop.com and sign up for my offensive workshop as well if you're listening to this before August 28th. Um, and if, yeah, you know, as always, I, I like to connect with my listeners. So reach out on Instagram. My Instagram is Singh underscore Coach B. You know, hit me up. Tell me what you thought about the episode or any of the other episodes. I love hearing from you guys. And yeah, and that's it for me. All right. I will see you guys uh, next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.